You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast. Here it is Wednesday night, December 2nd, 2020. Connor Jones joining me to talk a little bit of uh, some Nats news. But first, Connor, we got to move. Uh, you know, a lot of people listen to the show are, are D.C. sports fans. And so we got some big news tonight. The Washington Wizards have sent John Wall in a first round pick to Houston in exchange for uh, they, they're getting uh, Russell Westbrook uh, back in return. And so you and I were talking a little bit before, you know, about this, this trade doesn't do a whole lot for you, does it? Yeah, it doesn't really do a whole lot for me. I don't think it would do a whole lot for me if I was the Rockets either. I'm just not sure what exactly is being accomplished there. Just kind of, it seems like a 2K trade. That's what I've been saying. It sounds like one you just make for the sake of making a trade, but I get it. The John Wall wanted out of DC. And sometimes, especially with players like that, I just get the feeling that organizations just want the, just want the change of scenery and having a new star player on their team. And that's kind of, that's kind of what you're getting here. Yeah, I mean, I've never been a huge Russell Westbrook fan, you know this, and I, I think that a lot of times he makes teammates around him worse. The one thing you could say about him, though, is that, you know, he – and not that he makes other guys around him worse, but he did have a good stretch there in Houston where he was the best player on the team for a, a solid, you know, stretch there before they went into the bubble, and he was really focused on his passing. And I think a lot of Wizards fans are hopeful that he's going to be passing a lot to number three, right? And it's kind of the hope is he's going to be finding Bradley Beal as much as possible and keeping Bradley Beal happy because – I think when push comes to shove, Wizards fans really do care about Beal more so than anybody else right now. That's the hope. And I think the, the other big hope is that Russell Westbrook's the player we saw before the injury and right. kind of the guy we saw in the bubble. So if he's the guy that we saw early in the year in Houston, then then I think it, it has a chance to benefit the Wizards. I think that they could come out on the right side of that trade. I mean, obviously they threw in the first round pick too, so – there's hope. I think if you're the Wizards, you feel that Russ Westbrook's not the player that you saw in the bubble. You think that he's better than that. And yeah, to, to your point, getting the ball to Bradley Beal is still the most important thing. Yeah, it is. All right, so let's get to the Washington Nationals now. So some Nationals news coming yesterday on December 1st. Uh, the Washington Nationals, uh, this is according to Buster only, and I believe Mark Feinzen had it as well too. The Nationals have agreed to uh, a one-year deal and on ESPN.com, it's funny. It says reliever Joe Ross, one year, $1.5 million. Joe Ross was up for arbitration. Uh, they decided to come to terms with the contract with him. That $1.5 million figure was going to be the figure that actually owed him last season had he played. They signed him. And so first question here is, you know, besides how do you, how do you feel about the move? Is he going to be a starter? Is he going to be a reliever? What do you think? I would guess I think he's always been better as a starter in my opinion. So I would, I would go that route, especially when we look at the kind of depth that the organization has at that position right now. I think that's the plan. If you're bringing Joe Ross back is to try and have him as a starter. And just generally, if, if you're a Nats fan and you didn't miss Joe Ross, you probably do now after what you saw last season from Annabelle Sanchez and Austin both and Eric Fetty. So do I like the move? Absolutely. They need, they need depth there really badly. So you hope that you hope that Joe Ross is a guy that can come in and, and fill some innings in the back of that rotation. But I see him as a starter and I see it as a move that needed to be made. Yeah. I see him as the number five guy. And I said that because, you know, I was reading the article today. This one was from uh this one was from, um, Matt Wyrick at, uh, at NBC sports talking about how the nationals, 
really plan to spend, you know, to spread the money around this offseason. And so you and I talked about this too. You know, we're hoping that they go and grab a fourth starter, right? A guy that you had mentioned and a guy that I like is Taiwan Walker. You know, the, the market for pitcher has been moving a bit faster than the market has for other positions, just because I think of the, the nature of how many guys are available, um, you know, teams in on guys. And one team that we, we've seen moving very quickly has been the Braves getting Drew Smiley and getting Charlie Morton. So uh, I like this move from the standpoint of you're getting another starter, you're getting them from a low cost. No, I think the key here is I, I want him to be the fifth guy. Like I, they got to bring in somebody else, right? They can't just say, we're going to roll with Joe Ross and Fetty as the back two in the, the, the lineup especially when you've got some guys, you know, who are in the front that are all over the age of 30 guys who have all experienced some kind of uh, Corbin, I guess less so, but guys, you know, who, who at the point of their careers where they could be experiencing some kind of injury, they got to go and get a fourth guy. I like the Joe Ross signing. I like him as the fifth starter per se, you know, it just, just to use layman's terms, they need to go and get a fourth guy, a guy who's solid, who can be that good side of what we saw from Anibal Sanchez. Do you agree? Yeah, they absolutely do. The thing to me that I think they need to work on as an organization, I've said it before, is that they at some point need to develop some starting pitching. This can't be a thing every offseason where you have to go out and try and try and plug plug holes all over your rotation. I mean, you're already investing the amount of money they are in the top three. So at some point they need to be able to develop younger guys that can come in and figure and, and fill those final two spots in the rotation, because it's just not cost effective, especially when you have other needs in the bullpen and in the lineup, they're just trying to fill as well. But back to your original point. Yes, they do need to go out there and get somebody. We saw what happened last year. Steven Strasburg went down and the whole rotation kind of fell apart because they they have that star power at the top, but they don't have that depth all the way through. So they're going to need to go out there and acquire somebody, whether it's Walker, whether it's another guy, but they definitely do need to bring somebody else in to kind of sure up that rotation. And you mentioned the developing starting pitching. You know, last year was a great uh, a great time for a lot of teams to evaluate some of the young arms that they had. The Nationals didn't get to do that. Like, I mean, they did, but they, there was nobody who stood out to us that, you know, you and I were like, wow, this guy is definitely going to be somebody you can put in your rotation, right? Austin Voth, we had seen, didn't work out. Eric Fetty, not convincing enough. Seth Romero, uh, you know, we haven't seen, obviously, Jackson Rutledge yet. Will Crow in his limited time. Like, that was an opportunity for, like you said, one of those young guys that we've talked a whole bunch about to go and grab the bull by the horns, right, and get a spot. And they weren't able to. And so now, like you said, they're having to plug these holes in free agency. Luckily for them, they're able to plug one of those spots with a guy who is in the system. But it's not like they're bringing him up and naturally saying, all right, you know, Joe, now it is your time to assume one of those top spots in the rotation. Yeah, I remember last year sitting – or before the season started talking about Joe Ross's opt out saying, you know, it could be a tough spot. He's a guy that needs to go out there and earn that job, but it turned, it turns out he didn't have to, other guys are going to be, other guys are going to be out there and they're going to have their opportunity. And as it turns out, absolutely no one took advantage of it. So <laughs> in that case, Joe Ross is pretty fortunate. Uh, the organization as a whole is not, but Joe Ross is now in a situation where he's going to come in and at the very least compete for a starting job. And I'd say at this point, you're, you should assume that he's probably going to get it. Would you say that Joe Ross's best quality is that he's not Austin Voth? Probably. I think that's probably a, a fair way to put it. Um, I, really, 
everybody on the free agents markets, their best quality is also they're not Austin Voth. (laughs) On another note, if you don't have Austin Voth in your rotation this year, you basically have an automatic upgrade no matter who is in that spot. So you can can look at this year and you're going to be like, well, where are we going to be better? Where are we going to be worse? And you can look at the back end of that rotation as being better just by default because Austin Voth is not the guy that's back there. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the world's best tasting protein bar. It's delicious. It's good for you. Go there right now. They've got a bunch of different options. Uh, they've got nut-free coconut bars, uh, nut-free mint brownie, double chocolates, all the caramel orange, raspberry, cherry barchia, caramel brownie, cookies and cream. If you're looking for something with nuts, maple pecan, peanut butter, uh, coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, carrot cake with walnuts, German chocolate cake, toffee, almond and banana nut bread, lemon almond cheesecake. Once again, go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code Locked On. that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On for 20% off on your next order. Uh, let's switch gears really quickly to some of the other moves that we've seen made. The, the the hottest move that was just made that you know fresh off the presses is that Kyle Schwarber is now a free agent. Um not totally surprising, right? You know, I was I was talking to Sean Seegers of Locked On Cubs roughly two weeks or so. Uh I guess it was two weeks ago now. Not the most surprising move in the world to see Kyle Schwarber, you know, on just because I mean what he's been unable to do, I guess, ever since the World Series. But you know, were you surprised by that move? Uh not really. What were your thoughts on that? the when the dh came into play in the national league i think that that created more of a market for kyle schwarber overall than there than there was if he was on the cubs in the outfield the thing i never really understood from the the get-go was why theo was so beholden to keeping kyle schwarber on that Mm -hmm. roster just because you know two or three years ago he's a guy that fits way better in the american league just because of his defensive limitations so i i think that Based on how he's performed lately, I'm not I'm not completely shocked by it. I'm a little bit surprised just because the 2020 season to me is such a throwaway. And Schwarber did have a, a solid 2019 season offensively. And with the chances of the DH staying or, or maybe being around in 2022, it's it's odd timing because they really they had Schwarber, they held on to him when they could have gotten a lot for him, and then him leaving the team like that is just kind of it's odd they didn't capitalize on that at all and just kind of let him go willingly without getting anything returned yeah i'm the same way and they they uh with the tendered uh chris bryant's who's obviously been hot in these streets with the with the tracking uh or with 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 the uh the free agency stuff you know we talked about this connor and it's it's tough to see where it's going I joked about the the trade rumors, you know, I've said this a billion times that if this, if this was the NBA, you know, we would we would have been like, you know, I, I would have had to do something immediately because that trade probably would have gone through within two hours. This Chris Bryant Nationals rumor has been simmering for what now? Two and a half, three weeks. Um, my biggest issue is, is this, and I, I wonder if you agree with this or not. The Nationals' biggest job right now in free agency is to get protection for Juan Soto. You don't have to give up a king's ransom, and I know it wouldn't be a king's ransom, but you don't have to give up a ton of a, a ton of draft capital at this juncture to get somebody who can provide the offense like Chris Bryant. I know third base as a whole, but still, 
filling third base and getting protection, I would rather them have a little bit more of a question mark at third base and at the same time, um, you know, not spend the capital and, and go get protection elsewhere. What do you think? Because I'm just not in on this Chris Bryant trade, especially if the name Jackson Rutledge gets involved. I'm not in on this trade if if it involves giving up relatively anything that's going to have value down the line if it's just for one year of Chris Bryant. There's not there's better alternatives on the free agent market that aren't going to cost you prospects, especially if you're a team like the Nats that don't they don't have much depth in the organization right now to just to go out there and trade away for a one-year piece. I don't think that's a, a long-term winning move. I don't think it's worth the risk, especially when you can go out and get a guy like LeMahieu or Springer for the next four or five years and keep those guys that you have internally. It's, it is what it is financially with the free agent market. You're going to have to spend money to get those guys, but I don't think you want to pay. I don't think you want to pay Chris Bryant and give up and give up, you know, what I assume they would have to give up to get him, especially coming off of his 2020 season. I don't think, I don't assume that that's the best move or the best thing that they can do. And I I don't think they're going to do it. Uh, Let's move on to another piece of news we just had. Not you know not today, but um, the, the Mets, who everybody's talking about them going out and spending a ton of money in free agency. You know me, I'm not a huge fan, Connor, of going out and spending big money for a reliever, but the Nationals, they are big fans of former Twins. That's something that they enjoy doing. Speaking of former Twins, the Mets went out and got Trevor May. Uh, it's, a, it's a two-year deal. It is worth $15.5 million dollars. This is a team that desperately needed to help out their bullpen and, uh, you know, had some inconsistencies. Uh, I think now, you know, the way I look at it is this. The Mets have a ton of money invested in the back end of the bullpen between Batances, uh, between Diaz, and now between May. They should be able to get some seven – and don't forget Seth Lugo is there as well. They should be able to get seven, eight, nine figured out, right? I mean, this team at this point in time – there's no excuse for not having the seventh, the eighth, and the ninth innings figured out in some way, shape, or form. Do you agree with me here? Yeah, I do on paper. The thing to me with relievers is sometimes going into a new year, you to some degree never know what you're going to get. Right. There's you, hit, no you more, hit the reset button. You're hitting the reset there's, button. There's no more volatile position in terms of how a guy's going to perform year to year. So I think no matter who you are, you're always going to have some level of concern there just because – you know does an injury or two wipe a couple guys out? Does somebody perform a lot worse than you expected? I think you see that more reliever than you do any other position. So I think you're correct on paper. They they're in a much better spot, but just like, just like any free agent signing in the bullpen, I think you have to see it translate on the field first before you feel too comfortable. I'm reading all these articles about, you know, oh the Mets looking, the Mets could spend as much, you know, as much money as, you know, just a, just a ton of money. To me, Connor, it feels like Steve Cohen is going to take a pragmatic approach to it. Like this is not this guy is willing to spend money. Yes, it does not strike me as somebody who's going to spend it frivolously and without without you know really being sure of what he's getting. Like I understand there's a lot of you know hullabaloo about you know, him being able to spend the money. Does not appear he's not going to spend it unless he's got something he's convinced. Like this this team that still hasn't figured out the GM spot yet, right? And, you know, they, they, they want to be sold before they make any moves. Yeah. The way I look at it is you don't get into the financial position that Steve <laughs> Cohen currently is by making reckless decisions. I agree. So I'm going to go ahead and assume that he's probably going to take a similar mindset with running the New York Mets. Is he going to spend a lot of money? 
he will. He has the ability to do so. I don't think he, I think he's going to do it in spots though. I don't think he's going right. to go out there. He's going to, he's going to spend it on, on guys that that organization really likes that they want to go after. It's not going to be a situation where it's like, well, this guy's on the market this year. So we're going to go out and we're going to throw the most money at him to sign him. If they don't feel that that guy's a fit or if that's the best use for that money. So you could see him wait a year or two down the line for, for some, for, to keep that money for now to, to allocate it in, in other places going forward. So I, I don't think that the Mets are going to go out and, and recklessly spend money. Do they have it to spend and are they under much better ownership now? Yes, but it may be a little bit before we start to kind of see that come to fruition. Uh, one more thing before we get out of here, Connor, is the next two weeks, what's a move that you would like? I have the feeling that the market start to, is going to start to move a little bit. What's a move that you want to see the Nats make in the next couple of weeks? Can be big, can be small, can be just a type of player. What's a move you're looking to see the Nats make here in the next two weeks, two to three weeks, as we kind of hit? Because I do feel like things are going to stop around the holiday season, right? Guys are traveling, tougher to get meetings. Uh, you know, guys are with family, whatever, et cetera, you know, around the New Year's. And things could pick back up, you know, around uh, February as we head towards, or January rather, as we head towards winter meetings. What's a move that you think you, you could see the Nationals making here before we hit the Christmas season? And, and well, holiday season rather, not just Christmas. I think if we look at some of the big hitters, I think those markets may take a little bit longer to develop. So I think that if we're talking about the next couple of weeks, that's not probably going to be the move that they should go out and make or going to be willing to go out and make as of yet. For me, I think it's about filling in, filling in another guy at starting pitcher to give you a guy that you feel comfortable with. I would view it as kind of like the Anibal Sanchez signing that we saw two years ago. Obviously that worked out the first year, did not work out at all in year two, but I think in the market, they're going to be looking to make another decision like that. Who that guy is going to be. I mean, that's, that's anybody's guess, you know, at this right. point, we don't, we don't have a feeling. Is that going to be, is that going to be Walker? Is that going to be Garrett Richards? Who could, it, you know, who it's going to be is, is, is it going to be, you know, a, a guy like Kluber, maybe are they going to try and get into, into, into that market? But I think filling out that position is probably going to be the, the first thing that they do just kind of timing wise with how we're seeing the market develop. All right, Connor, we always appreciate your time guys. Make sure you go check out the Locked On MLB podcast and the Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast. All of these things are part of the Locked On Podcast Network.